Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Reframe the Future podcast. I am your host as always, Connor Smith, aka The Conjurer. I've got my first guest on today. I'm actually very excited about this one. I'm joined by my friend Andy. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Oh, much better now you're in, mate. I'm actually really excited. I've told you before, I'm actually quite excited about this episode. Um, I think it might be just because I've got my first guest on. <laughs> I, I don't know, I quite like podcasts where people are like talking. Like I've, I've tried podcasts where people are like just like, Similar to what I would, my first couple of episodes, where it was just me talking to like the microphone. Yeah. But it, I don't. I find it really awkward. I really enjoy the reason I like podcasts is because people bounce off each other. Yeah, and absolutely. Everyone has different opinions and stuff, and I, I really like discussions anyway. So listen to discussions. I quite enjoy it. So I'm really excited to have you on and do this episode. Well, thank you for having me on. So, uh, oh, where do you want to start? So, what uh, some of the things you've done in your life? So you you were in the military. I was. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much made up the majority of my life. Yeah, and, service. and yeah. Nowadays, now, nowadays you do some really crazy shit like uh, skydiving, <laughs> urban exploring, which is how I know you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you do a bit of YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So we've got a lot to unpack today. Cool, I look so, forward to it. Well, Should we start, how did you, uh, what were you like at school? Well, school, school for me, um, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy school. Um, no? I, I found that I enjoyed practical lessons, you know, art craft design, technology, music. Um, but I had a real hard time getting my head around things like maths and uh, Eng- well, I mean, English, I'm, I'm okay at, but yeah. um, I, I I really struggled to focus. So I, I couldn't really see the point. I, I just, I didn't really have too much of an interest in like the academic side of things. Yeah, um, no, so. I was the same really. Even though I was, I quite enjoyed English and maths like later on, because, but yeah. that's because I had good teachers and you always you always tend to enjoy the subjects more when you've got good teachers. Yeah, but I was kind of similar to you. Like, I was quite, drama was my like my main subject because yeah. I always quite enjoyed that. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you say that because since becoming an adult, um, I, I quite enjoy things like science and, and learning about history and geography. But mm. back in the day, I just... I just didn't really have much of an interest, um, yeah. so yeah, school was quite tough. I, you know, it was it it was difficult, and from quite an early age, I knew that I wanted to be in the military. So I couldn't really see the point in wasting my time, which was just my opinion, a bit. Yeah, wasting my time um, learning stuff that I thought at the time I I'd never need to to use. You know, so yeah, well, that's fair enough. Was there a point, like, is was there a, like a key point where like you thought like was it something? Was it something that you always thought like, and it kind of built up, or was there a moment where you were like, "Yes, I need to be in the military"? Well, tying in with my childhood, um, basically, um, I had a few friends that I was hanging around with at the time, and they were in the air training corps, the ATC, which is effectively the RAF cadets. Yeah, and um, they used to come home and spin dits and tell me about how great it was, and at that sort of time I was really into like the rave scene and I'd go around my mate's house and we'd be listening to our latest rave tapes and he'd be pulling up his shoes and he'd be telling me about the fact they're going away on an exercise or they're, they're going flying or something. And um, basically one of them said, why don't you come along? So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give that a go. Mm. And this was probably when I was about 13, 14. And um, I instantly took a liking to it. You know, I, I liked that discipline. I liked the fact that you had to have attention to detail looking after your uniform i loved dressing up in the green kit and going out and building bashes and doing our field craft yeah i got to go shooting flying gliding um so yeah that's that's kind of what really sparked my interest in the military 
Um, regarding not joining the RAF, which you would think would be a natural progression from being in the Air Cadets. Like, um, yeah, I would have thought, considering you're, you're practising, like, gliding and flying and all that yeah. kind of stuff, to then go, nah, do you know what, I think I'm all it, right. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was the green stuff. It was going out and running around in the woods that I kind of enjoyed more and I kind of gravitated towards. Um, there were a couple of people that were in the Cadets that left to join the military. Uh, one joined the Royal Marines and another guy became a Rupert in the Paras. And they'd come home when they're on leave and take us out on exercises. And I'd love like the stories they'd tell us. So that's kind of where my life took that sort of direction. That's what kind of made me take that path rather than flying and going up in the air. Oh yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. So you say you enjoyed like the running around in like the green and all that kind of stuff. Is that something that you enjoyed previously or is that something that you learned you enjoyed when you were doing it? Like, was that something that you thought, oh, like, you know, oh, this could be a bit of a ball ache, I want to get up there. But then when you actually got there, you realised that actually I'd rather be down here. Well, I, you know, it's interesting you ask that because I think the youth of today have things differently from when I was younger. Yeah. So I'd spend my childhood out building camps and running around in the woods with sticks, playing soldiers. That's what we did. I suppose now everything's PlayStations and Xboxes and social media, <laughs> isn't it? But, oh, yes. <laughs> but back in the day, um, yeah, no, that's kind of how we used to amuse ourselves. So I kind of always liked being in the outdoors mm. um, and being adventurous. So, yeah, that's, I think that's why that was where my interest was. Right, yeah, that's fair enough. So... So you were in the, how long were you in the, uh, uh, the Air Cadets? Um, so I joined when I was about 13 and I, I probably only about three years because I actually joined, no, maybe four because I joined the Army at 17. Right. So I was in the Air Cadets right up to the point where I joined the Army. So. And what did, your, what did your family think about you joining the Air Cadets and then the military after? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I grew up with just my mum. Right. Um, my dad and my mum split up and then got divorced when I was about five. So right. really, it was only my mum I had to convince. And I think she was she was pleased. She was proud, you know. Um, she saw it was giving me purpose and it was keeping me out of trouble. And so, yeah, I think she was... Um, a lot of people join the army for that reason, don't they? Mm, a, lot, yeah. a lot of, tr like, you hear a lot of stories about troubled youths. Yeah, That, that get sent off to cadets and that's how yeah. they learn the discipline and the... That's it. The skills to, you know, join society again. It's true. I mean, I, I served for a long time in the army and a lot of the people that I was with came from broken homes and troubled yeah. backgrounds. And I think there's a very thin line that you're walking and, and you can either step left and get yourself into a lot of trouble or step right and do something purposeful in life, you know? Yeah, exactly. And thankfully I took the right-hand step and, uh, yeah, used my time well. A lot of people take the other step because it's easier is the issue. Yeah, that's true. That's where a lot of people kind of sit on the line. They, 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 they have to try and make a decision between what's right and what's easy. Yeah, so... And sometimes it's easy just to go, oh, do you know what, sod it, let's just go off and do yeah, this. And take it. the easy path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what was, how different was military training from air cadet training? Like, like, what was, like what were the things that immediately stood out to you that were different and what was similar? Yeah, it, it was, it was totally different. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there were things that, <clears throat> obviously being in the air cadets had actually given me like a bit of stepping stone for. Yeah. Um, I, I knew about looking after my kit and how to iron uniform. Um, I was pretty physically fit at that point. Um, I was quite happy to, uh, you know, allow myself to be, um, taken in by the discipline um, and took pride in my appearance and my performance. So that, it was an excellent, you know, head start for me. But uh, yeah, the, the, being in the actual military as opposed to being in the cadets, it's just two different worlds. It, it really is. So what was, your, what was your role in the military after you did all your training and stuff? 
uh, just a disclaimer, by the way, uh, there will be things we have. We, we've talked briefly about what we can and can't talk about. There are certain things that Andy can't disclose. So uh, if I ask a question and he doesn't want to respond to it, then that then that is the way we're going to yeah, go. You, you've been forewarned. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just letting you know now in case I ask a question, you're going, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And then he can't answer. There are things that we can and can't talk about. So just be prepared for that. But so, yeah, after your training, what was the first thing that you then went into afterwards? Yeah, so um, I joined the army and um, I immediately wanted to be in the parachute regiment, and so that's what I set my goals on. And that's but is that not part of the RAF? I, I'd have thought. No. I'd have thought parachute. Like, I'm very ignorant to all of yeah. this. Like, I don't. I don't really know a lot. But so no, I would have thought, but like parachuting and stuff like that would have come under the yeah. RAF. We, we we do our training with the RAF up at Bryce Norton for parachute jumping. Right. Um, but no, the parachute regiment is the army. Oh right, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, I went off and did my basic training and I did pre-power and P-company. And um, yeah, I, I, I passed and uh, spent the next eight years of my military career in Paris, going around the world and doing what I do best, really. <laughs> <laughs> Which we weren't just clicking, no, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I can, I can tell you some of the places I went. But yeah, yeah, go on, list us off some places. Yeah, that you... So um, my first operational tour was in Northern Ireland back in the day. Um, How was that? Um, it, because of um, the fact there were peace talks going on it wasn't quite as dynamic um, and kinetic as it had been back in the 70s and the 80s right um, but it, it was still risky um, we were very much hated over there because of incidents like uh, Bloody well, Sunday for example well I was going to say what was the conflict that you were well, unless, you, unless you can't disclose it but what was the conflict that you were over there for uh, well we were there to basically the whole reason why the British Army were over there was to um, offer support to the RUC the Royal Arsenal Constabulary right which is now Police Service Northern Ireland yeah. um, because of obviously terrorism Right. Okay, so great. yeah, it was to keep the peace, and so that's pretty much what we were doing, patrolling right, okay, got you. and um, backing up the RUC. Okay. Right. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So Northern Ireland, and then yeah, then um, then I was involved in something over in Sierra Leone. Um, Whereabouts is that? That's in Africa. Right. Okay. Great. So basically, a load of the Royal Irish got kidnapped by a group of um, locals known as the West Side Boys. Jeez. And uh, the special forces, the SAS and some SBS guys, along with One Para, which had then become part of the special forces support group, um, were tasked with getting these guys out. And so, yeah, that was uh, that was that was that was dynamic. That was uh, kinetic. That yeah, was dangerous. Bet. That was scary. What's the plane journey like over there? Um, like 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 when you're because. You, Emotionally, I, I, I can well. I, I can obviously. I can only. I've never been there, so I can only speak from what they show on television, and obviously, all of that's played up for the media and like you know, make set a scene. But when you see scenes of in these like army movies and stuff of these people going over there, like mm. things like, um, is it Saving Saving Private Ryan where they 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 show like V Day storming the beach? Mm-hmm. You, you get a lot of scenes of people of like the, them like moments before the conflict where they're just mm. sitting there and they're like, and you can just you can. And they kind of talk about it and you can just see what's going through their head. Yeah. When you're going over there to do these conflicts, that was the kettle buzzing, for, pinging for those who heard that. Um, yeah. For those of you, for the, when, you're, when you guys are going over there and obviously I'm assuming that you, you're very close with the people around you because yeah, you have absolutely. to be because you're a team and you're a unit. Yeah. Are you guys sitting there just in complete silence just waiting for it or are you guys like trying to talk and trying to keep the morale up? Like what's it like? Yeah, so when we went out there, um, obviously morale was good um, and particularly in the unit I was in, obviously we wanted to do the job we were trained for. Um, mm. You know, I didn't join the paras to sit on my bed all day and just do exercises. We wanted to put our skills to the test. So it was quite exciting to be involved with 
um, what we were going to be involved with and the fact we knew we were doing it as part of the Special Forces Support Group, um, backing up the legendary SAS, which was what sparked my initial interest in Special Forces. Yeah. Um, it was exciting, and I think everyone was up for it. They really were. Obviously, once we get on the ground, there was a lot of planning and drills and rehearsals for what we were going to do. And then you realise, you know, shit, this is serious, you know, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's when you start to, if I'm if I'm honest, that's when you start to contemplate the what-ifs. But then you've got to put that to back in mind. Was, you can't think soldier. about that, can no, you? No, absolutely not. You're a professional soldier. No. And you've got a reason why you're there. So you've yeah, just exactly. got to crack on, you know. It's the same as, obviously, obviously it's not the same, but... Uh, being someone who um, I did kickboxing for a while and I, yeah. I study UFC and MMA fights religiously yeah. it's kind of similar to the f- the fight mentality of like shit what if I lose this fight but you can't mm. think like that you got to yeah. think like no I'm going in and I'm bossing this and I'm winning this yeah you got to have a positive mindset yeah exactly I just watched uh, Kamari Usman versus Gilbert Burns and Kamari Usman like, they're really good friends like, they're sparring partners yeah. and when they went in there Gil Burns went to touch gloves as show some respect and Usman was having none of it he backed off because he was like no because if I show you respect I'm going to hold back and I need to yeah. I need to beat you, and that so it's kind of like so it, it's not a similar mentality because obviously they're very different things, but it's it's the baseline is kind of similar in that yeah. you can't you can't allow your head to start thinking, but what if this happens? What if this happens? You gotta be thinking, no, I'm going in and I'm gonna absolutely nail the shit out of this. Yeah, you're gonna do the job. Good, yeah. do, do the job in hand, and that's exact. That's exactly it. You've gotta you've gotta have a positive mindset when you go into things like that because mm. if you have any hesitation or any doubts then you're not just putting yourself at risk you're putting your mates at risk as well exactly you know? yeah you got other, you got, there are other people you've got to think about beyond yourself yeah exactly and there's people there that were being tortured and, and, and held captive that were relying on us rescuing them because there were talks to try and free them but these talks were rapidly sort of decaying um, and yeah some the the trouble with the West Side boys were they, they believed in voodoo. Most of the time they were absolutely off their heads. Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they were fearless. And so we, we had to be completely focused on what we were doing. And did you manage to get the, the captives out of there okay? Or? Yeah, absolutely. They were rescued. That's yeah. good then. Yeah. That's it, really good. it was a scary time. I remember we there, there was lots of discussions on how we were actually going to get into the place. And um, if we'd gone up via the river, we would have been seen or heard a long time before. There was um, an SAS like reconnaissance team that were in place. And they were obviously feeding intel back to us. Yeah. And so, um, so uh, before you, sorry, before you carry on, paint a picture of so so you. I'm assuming you're in some, in like an African desert or something. No, it's in the jungle. It oh, it's in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming I'm assuming you you guys are sneaking up on some kind of building or something. It was a, it was a town. It was a town that was split over. Like there's like a river that divided it up the middle. Right. And uh, the 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 hostages were being held in one part of the town, and the idea was that the without trying to give too much away, that the SAS were going to come in and rescue the hostages whilst we distracted the majority of their force okay, by right, being like, okay. a divi- like a diversion. Yeah, yeah, okay, got you. But, uh, yeah, it was scary. I mean, we got on the ground. Uh, we, the, we In the end, we took the windows out of some Chinook helicopters and we flew in. And, uh, yeah, it was scary. The rounds were coming down. and That's crazy, uh, man. And, and this, one, of the, one of the most disturbing things were some of the West Side boys, I mean... Uh, you know, some of them, their age groups were from like nine years old upwards. They were, yeah, they were, they were not seasoned soldiers. They were just, you but know. That's kind of, I can imagine that's, that's a, one of the things. It's, it's kind of like, um, oh, what's that thing I'm trying to think of? It's kind of that thing where it's kind of like, who, who you, you know, who do you, which which is better to have the the small group of soldiers that are very well trained and are the best at what they do, mm. or huge number like huge numbers that, that don't know what they're doing. They have no yeah. idea why they're there, but there's hundreds of them. Yeah. 
Like, you know, it's kind of like what, you know, you know, who wins in that clash. Yeah, personally, I, I, on that sort of note, I would say definitely the more professional soldiers. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course. History like the Falklands War and places like that. Yeah, and, obviously, you know, yeah, it varies depending on the scenario. And, and obviously it's not like one, one side of it. It's kind of that thing where it's like, you know, yeah, these guys don't know what they're, do- you know, these people don't know what they're doing. And yeah, some of them, like say some of them are kids, that's but right. they know how to shoot a gun. Yeah, and that right. and that makes them dangerous. Yeah, regardless of how old they are, very not, dangerous. And not to mention, there's only like a dozen of us, or however many of you that there yeah. were, and we have no idea how many people are there. That's right, and so, that, that yeah. makes them very dangerous. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we went over there, and we did that, and um, so that was that. And then I then found myself posted out in Iraq, and um, it was around that sort of time that um, I contemplated progressing my career forward and um, in terms of what like in terms of then like rank to, uh, well at that point I was um, I was Lance Corporal by that point right and then um, obviously then I wanted to progress my career further and there was only one way to do that and that was to go for selection so, right what does that mean so selection um, selection is a ball lake it's a very long process and that is for entrance into the special forces right okay got you it's kind of almost in the powers it's kind of almost a rite of passage most people do attempt it right 99% of people fail it and And how did you go yeah well so obviously I passed um, yeah (laughs) but it it was um, it was hard you know it's it's a long process and it's containing of what um, well, so you split it's split into really three phases. Okay, so right. your first phase. When I went um, on my selection, I did winter selection because it's run twice a year. Okay, so you have a summer selection and a winter selection, and um, each will argue. Whoever goes on each will argue that theirs is the hardest. But yeah. I personally, I do genuinely believe winter selection is harder. Um, and when I started, when I tipped up, um, there were eight of us that went up from my battalion yeah. on that particular selection. I was the only one to pass, incidentally. I just get that in there now. Not to brag or anything. <laughs> Not to brag, yeah. <laughs> um, but when, when we rocked up, we were in this like this big holding shed, if you like, and there were, I think it was 263 people from right. all walks of life in the military. So army, RAF, Navy, Royal Marines, everyone. Bloody hell, a bit um, of everything then. Yeah, a bit of everything. It's open to all ranks. Um, but at the end of it, I think there were, well, there were 10 of us that passed. Right. So, oh, so it is a very light... It's, yeah. It's a very exclusive club then. It's an exclusive <laughs> club. It's, the thing is, you know, it, it, really selection's about two things. There's the physical fitness side, which you can prepare for and you should prepare for. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. I, I won't lie. Mm. It's really hard. But it's also the mental side of things. So... It's all self-motivating, so you don't have to do anything. It's not like you see um, perceived on some programs that you see on TV where you get shouted and screamed at. That doesn't happen, and that yeah, that, that that tends to be the stereotype yeah. that you see where you know it's like, yeah. come on, ladies, yeah. you can do yeah, like it, yeah. That's more P Company. That's more the Royal Marines Commando course. Yeah, there you do get screamed and shouted at, right? Um, and you have an idea of how well you're doing, and you get told to do better or, or whatever but with selection there's none of that right. and it's it's all self-motivating so <clears throat> it's you don't really know how well you're doing you're just told this is where you need to be this is what you're going to bring this is how heavy your kit's going to be and if you decide sod this I'm going to jack it in because you're fed up with getting up, up at four o'clock in the morning and getting soaked wet through mm. and you're doing that day after day and it's very easy to jack it in yeah. 99.9% of people do I think I would if I'm being completely honest yeah it's it's tough and you know when I turned up I'm looking around and there's you know some of these people are some of the fittest people in the forces and they're 
chiselled perfect mm. physiques and I'm just there thinking shit what what have I got myself into you know yeah. um, we, we never we never really like I, I mean you might be humble or whatever but like you know would, were you would you want to say that you you were probably in shape, but would you? But were you? Do you think? Would you ever say that you were jacked at any point, or would you? I I was, I was in very good physical shape because obviously yeah. powers are, and I prepared for you know my fitness side of things before, you know I do fell running and do extra PT mm. around the battalion life, um, because if you don't prepare, you you won't pass it physically. It, it yeah. is probably physically the hardest thing I've ever done. Right. Um, but that's all very well and good being physically prepared. As I said, it's the mental side of things about keeping yourself self-motivated to want to get up and do the next tab and the next tab yeah. and the next tab and carrying yourself through potential injury. That's the hard side of things. And that's where all these fit people fail because yeah. they don't have that that mindset to keep going. They focus on the physical aspect. Yeah, they're they're, like, they're like, as long as I look like Mark Wahlberg, I'm going to get in yeah, and exactly. I'm, going to be, I'm going to be the dog's bollocks. And then they get there and it's like, it's not as easy that. And they're like, exactly shit. It. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. And then, you know, it's very easy. Like I say, you get up at four o'clock in the morning and you know you've got to sit out in the pissing wet rain and it's freezing mm. cold before you start that day's forced march. And they'll say, you know, if anyone wants to jack it in, you can VW, which is called voluntary withdrawal. And you know that you could stay in bed, get a nice hot shower and some food and go off back to wherever you came from. It's a very easy option out. And when you're doing that day after day, um, it must be quite it's, tempting it's, at points. Yeah, it's very tempting. So how did you stay? Because like you, you say, ninety nine point nine percent of people mm. pack it in, and I, I, I don't disbelieve you. Mm. How did you and the handful of people? Like I'm assuming that you all that you all talked about. It. I'm, I'm sure you mm. know in that in that in that uh, set of time that you do have where you guys just get to chill, which I'm sure isn't a lot of time anyway. But mm. I'm, I'm sure you were all talking about at some point. Like, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm on. I'm thinking about packing this in. This is getting a bit shit. How do you guys keep the motivation going? Yeah. So, you know the. The people that pass are the people that really want to be there. Right. And um, that's what they focus on. Um, I, I, the way I did it, it was, um, you know, when you see these really fit, healthy people and you start passing them on marches and tabs and you see them jacking it in and you think, what, what are you doing? You know, why are you jacking it in? It was mm. like I kind of, I was able to take strength from their failure. Right. And yeah, I got you. that kind of gives me the will to carry on and, when 260 odd becomes 200 and then 200 goes down to 100 and you think I'm still here yeah yeah you, and, you, know, you, you then want to push up to be like yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm in the top 100 yeah, I can yeah. now be in the top 50 yeah, the top 30 the exactly top 20 it. the top 10 the top 5 that's exactly it and you take strength from all these what look like physically really hard blokes yeah jacking in and I'm still there so I must have something that they don't I, I get that 100% and, and I it's, understand it's that will to succeed that, yeah. that determination to keep putting one foot in front of the other and that's it's kind of like there's a special forces ethos you've just you've got to keep going you keep going when you think you have nothing else yeah. you push yourself harder and that's that's what I believe got me through and that's a mindset that all of you need to get yourselves in it. no matter what it is you're doing even if it's not for the army even if it's for something else that you want to do if you're in that mindset, you can do it. That's right. That's right. It is all about the mindset. The mindset. I and, agree 100%. And that is, honestly, that is what Special Forces Selection is about. It's about having that strength of character, that strength of mind. So once you finish the hills, if, you fin- if you're successful to pass that, then you go out to the jungle and you get thrashed. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. You know, imagine doing the hills again, but then in a tropical jungle where you sweating doesn't work and <clears throat> you've got, you're trying to, 
um, you know, you're trying to tap take, my mosquitoes. Um, oh, honestly, honestly, that it's the, the, the thing is, if you try and fight the jungle, it'll it'll eat you up. Yeah, you've got to live with it and become become I, a Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to become one with the jungle. You've got to kind yeah. of live with it and go with it because if you try and fight it, it'll just gobble you up and spit you out. It's, yeah, it's it's a dangerous environment. You know, not just because of the humidity and the heat, but um, it's not just the insects and animals and spiders and snakes and scorpions mm. and everything else. It's it's all uh, it's just it's just it's just hard, man. It's what? just hard. I, but I loved it. You know, I actually thrived on it. I, you get very used to your surroundings very quickly if that's yeah. the sort of person you are, and you're also trying to assimilate and accumulate all the stuff you're being taught at the same time. Mm. And by that point, so all the people that are jack and don't really want to be there, they'd have gone because they they haven't passed the hills phase. So you know yeah. from the people that have gone out to the jungle... Yeah, there's no weak links among yeah, you at that point. You're all, you're all on the same level Pe- then. People are motivated, yeah. yeah. And that's when the DS, the directing staff, the instructors, if you like, they're watching you. And yeah. they're always watching you. But the problem is, is you, you again, it's that mind fuck. You, you don't know how well you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And you know if you fuck up, that mistake will play on your mind. But, and, you, but then, the, and then the more you think about not wanting to fuck up, you mm-hmm. fuck up because the That's more it. the more you think about it because a, a lot of these things a lot of these things you're just doing yeah the more you think about it the more likely you are to screw it up because then That's you're it. you're thinking about it your mind is set on not screwing this up you know That's it. it's 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 the same with anything you know you, you you're walking you yeah. know you're just walking if if someone brings your attention to it you then yeah. forget how to walk because then you're overthinking it and you're like yeah. Shit! How do I put my foot down on this floor yeah, and carry on walking? And they, and they do they do throw little spanners in the works just to see how you cope with things. Like they might, you might not even mess up, and they'll suggest to you, "Well, you want to watch yourself there because I'm not impressed with that." And you'll think, "Shit!" And then it's yeah. how you deal with that mistake. Do you put it to the back of mind and crack on, or do you let it eat you up? And it it's amazing. It, it does eat people up, you know. Yeah, you, I can you've imagine. Gotta, you got you got to stay focused, and you know that's the thing. You know you're always being watched, so. Yeah, it's tough. It, it, jungle was, I think, the, I can imagine. the hardest phase. Really? Yeah. And, and like I say, you, you know, to get like a kilometre in a jungle can take you all day and navigating in the jungle is hard and you, it's just, it's just everything about it is just difficult. You, did, did you require, did you do, do any, I don't know if it was a requirement or whether you guys asked for it or, or if you even did it, did you guys have any like survivalist training? You know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like Bear Grylls, was where like he would, yeah. he'll show people how to make campfire yeah, from nothing, yeah. or you know, cook, hunt and cook food yeah. or something. Did you require? Any, yeah, did you do you, 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 yeah, you're constantly being taught when you're out there. So right, yeah. that is, you, I mean, you're not just being taught how to fight in the jungle and how to patrol and how to conduct close target reconnaissance and weapons drills. You are being taught how to to live, because admin in the jungle is so imperative. Yeah, because you if you get a slight cut. If it gets infected, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. Could then exactly. mean that your team are then screwed. Yeah, you could compromise every, an operation. Every whatever. little injury, like like a paper, a paper yeah. cut in a paper. Like if I was to get a paper cut here, it means means Jack. Yeah, that means nothing. You get a little cut in the jungle. Oh yeah, yeah. I need to look after this thing yeah, because absolutely. it could result in my leg being taken off. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. And then of course you then become a liability to any operation you're on. Yeah, exactly. And to, and to your, your muckers, you know, your comrades. So, yeah, a personal admin and survival is a very big part of it. Yeah, it is. So if you so if if we were to metaphorically just drop you in in the jungle right now with nothing, <laughs> you think you'd be okay? Uh, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Without trying. Obviously, to it's too. easier said than yeah, done. Well, but like, do you, know, you, I, do you reckon you, you could be you reckon you could be out there for a while and yeah, be okay? Yeah. 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 No, no, that's well, fair enough. Like, you know, yeah. I, I do still go wild camping and stuff. No, yeah, I know so you do. Yeah, I, I, I remember you saying on the group chat. Yeah, yeah, I do quite enjoy all that sort of stuff. But 
Yeah, um, yeah, I'd be alright, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's alright that's all right then, fair enough. I've, I've lived quite a privileged like life, so I, I the idea of camping, like when I went camping last year, like I enjoyed it because I was there with my friends, mm. but it's just the it's just the silly little things like get my my feet getting wet. I just yeah. can't, I just can't. So I've got a really weird thing about getting wet feet, and yeah. so I, I being out in the jungle was like a worst yeah, nightmare well, you, for me. You know, you risk trench foot and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you're bothered by. Being, I mean, at first, I remember we'd have leeches on us all the time, and at first oh. you'd think, oh, bollocks, but in the end you just ignore it because it's just constant. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's also different, yeah, because yeah. you've, got, you've got more important things to yeah. worry about than having wet wet, wet socks. Yeah, well, you, you, <laughs> you, know, you do have to look after your feet. Your feet are very important yeah. because that's what carries you. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So your feet are your best Support friends. your entire body, doesn't it? Yeah, and actually, with regards to personal admin, your feet are the one thing. Your feet and your weapon are the, the two things you really the top look after. Things, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, I I can believe that to be fair. Yeah, so it's good. But you know, even people getting that far, it, a lot of people get really claustrophobic in the jungle, and we again the numbers diminished and diminished, and you'd see it in the morning. They'd say, "Does anyone want to withdraw?" and it'd be all quiet, and then a hand would go up. Yeah, no problem. Go off to then take your kit, and you go off to the helicopter clearing, and then another person, another person. You're thinking, "Shit, what are you doing? You got this far," and then the numbers dwindle, and of course I use, would take my strength from that and. Um, yeah, and then so 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 how many of you were there at the beginning, and how many was there of you at the end? What in the jungle? You mean like over coast? like overall? Okay. How many? How many of you? I think you you said two hundred and sixty odd. Two hundred sixty yeah. odd. So there's two hundred sixty of you of you at the at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. By the time you finish, well, how many of you? At the whole of the selection. At the whole of the selection, how many uh, of you at yeah, the end? Ten. Really. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So it, it's tough. It yeah. Is tough. Bloody hell. It, a lot. Most of it, as I say, it's the mental side of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's being self-motivated because you're not encouraged. You're not discouraged, but you're not encouraged. Yeah. You've got to keep pressuring, pressing forward. It's what you want and you have to really want it. I mean, you just won't pass. Yeah, right, yeah. But um, yeah, so we finish the jungle and then we come back and we do continuation training. Um, and Don't think I like coffee. Yeah, no, nice. <laughs> and, um, continuation training and then um, where you're learning other skills to prepare you for um, life in a saber squadron. Mm. And then at the end of it, obviously, you do your infamous escape and evasion and resistance to interrogation, RTI. Right. And that's Talk me through that then. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, <clears throat> so, again, I know that it's touched upon on some certain TV programmes. Yeah, I try, I try not not look at that because yeah. it's, all, it's all done for the, the cameras, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's an element of realism to it, but yeah. I, can, I can imagine... Like, I listened to Peter Blexi's podcast on Jack May and he says that he can't watch, like... Mm. interrogation scenes because he just watches them and he's like no you idiots that's not how it's done yeah yeah that's it it's um yeah it, it's it's clever it's clever how what they do how they catch out how they grind you down how they work you against each other it's with sleep deprivation and you know it, it's tough it's hard I wouldn't want to do that again so so are you, are you taught how to interrogate people or are you taught how to resist interrogation or both? Yeah, that, I mean, that, that does come into it. You do get taught sort of the open questions that you would be asked and how to question somebody to get the most out of them right. rather than like closed questions. I think it's probably very similar to how the police question people when they interview people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but except, um, except you're not questioning petty thieves you're questioning like yeah terrorists yeah terrorists or, yeah we, we tend to which i can imagine that would be a ball lake to interrogate because then yeah. um, i imagine that obviously again i know nothing about it but i can imagine that they're they're taught to be very resilient to... yeah well it's just like we were but i mean they get they tend to get interrogated by other agencies rather than us we right. would be 
the people that might round them up. Right. But the actual interrogation process is done by professionals but who more people more yeah, high up like yeah well people that that's their job you know yeah yeah um, like Tom, and... Tommy Lee Jones walks in in the suit like <laughs> right let's talk shop yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah you know you do you do resistance to interrogation training and then you do um, and that is brutal it, it's uh, it, honestly it's why is it brutal because it because it, 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 I, I it, it, because an interrogation is based it's essentially is mm. a conversation yeah what's the brutal aspect of, well, of that I mean the reality is is there's a good chance you end up with a bullet in the back of your head. If right. It was for real. Right. Um, okay. You know, you, you've got to feed your interrogators a little bit so that you're useful because if you're no use to them, you just, they'll just fucking shoot you. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So, so you, so it's, it's walking that line of like being yeah. like, of, of being useful, but not giving away. Yeah, anything. exactly. Give you, right, you've got, got you. to give you, 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 the people back wherever they've got to have the, the opportunity to change plans or potentially, come up with a rescue plan to get you out right yeah so it's buying time really that's what you're doing and did uh, you ever find yourself in a situation where that was useful or did you never thankfully uh not for real thankfully no okay, thank um th- thankfully i yeah. do know people that it has happened to right um but n- touch wood uh it never happened to me ah uh, so, well uh, yeah. it's unfortunate you're coming here today because yeah. i have got people <laughs> around this building mate and we will i will have you interrogate at the end of the show <laughs> i'll get my way out yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah you do that and a lot of it's sleep deprivation and exposure to white noise and god that sounds um, awful yeah there's, there's i mean there are other things that go on too which i can't really discuss but um what, what does exposure to white noise help just, it, it's just it fucks with your head um, right you know if you're listening to white noise or um upbeat music although I was a bit of a raver so that didn't really bother me but, I was going to um, say they, they, they leave you in like, leave you locked in a room for 12 hours listening yeah, to music thinking you're going mental they walk in and you're just jamming out like <laughs> loving like it being at a rave. But, um, <laughs> can't or, we make it 30 <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know or, or babies crying constantly and just it's just it, oh yeah it see that, that would irritate me it yeah. does and it, I, honestly I challenge anyone who thinks they can handle that for 36, 48 hours or longer Especially being, bearing in mind you are being kept awake, you're being kept in stress positions. Yeah. Um, and things go on that you don't see on telly shows. You know, that is a very watered down version of resistance to interrogation that you see. There's a lot more does go on, which I can't discuss. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. And, and I, I genuinely don't know how much longer I could have lasted. Really? And, um, it, it, psychologically speaking, that was, that was just, it just fucking did me. But um, I, I passed, yeah. and eventually, you, you um, if you if you pass everything, um, yeah, you, I got marched into this office, and uh, they they just said, "Here's your beret, here's your staple belt. You have a photograph taken by the clock tower, and that's it." <laughs> it's a real, it's really, a real, yeah, it's it's a real like you think you're gonna have some big pass out and ceremony. Yeah, like, no, there's none of that. And then they just go, "Good job, see you later." Yeah, that's it. You're in, and then you start off as the new boy. You're a trooper, and that's it. You're a new boy, and you've got to you're expected to. Um, you're expected to learn quickly mm. because you're stacking up to go in the door then, you know, and you've got to learn how to use new bits of equipment and tactics and stuff that, you know, are new to you because it's a different type of soldiering. Yeah. So, yeah. Did, did you struggle with that or did you fit no, in quite quickly? No, I, I, I fitted in. By oh, that so. point, like, you, you know, you, you know, with the, the continuation training, you've got some sort of idea and, yeah. and you've just got to pick up. That's the sort of person that, it does well is somebody that can adapt to the situation and learn quickly and that's what right, yeah, doing. And then, yeah, and that was it and then I spent a further um, 10 years doing bits and pieces around the world oh, yeah. that I can't really discuss. Yeah. So how, how old were you at this point when you became, when you 
pass the, the selection um, thing? I was 17, 18, 19, 17, 24. Oh, right. So you, so you, had, you had been in the, in the army for a little while then? Yeah. At that point. So, so the picture that you sent me to put on my social media of you in the, in the costume, can you talk about that? The black kit. Yeah. Um, with the gas mask on and stuff. Yeah, can you talk about that or can you? Because when, when you sent me that photo, I was really intrigued by that photo because that is yeah. not what you would suspect someone in the army to dress no, up. Obviously, you know, when, when you think good. of the army guy, you think of, you know, the camouflage get up and the yeah. bulletproof vest yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we, we, so. we'd wear all that, but um, yeah, that's for like counter-revolutionary warfare. So that's, you know, right. the famous black kit, which um, I think the... the if, if your listeners want to know the sort of things we do when we're wearing that kit is to watch the embassy siege which was okay. very famous where the SAS stormed the Iranian embassy in uh, in London and that's what that kit's for okay there you go guys so that's something you is it on YouTube or Google yeah there's documentaries on TV about what's it what's it called again the oh the Iranian embassy siege okay there you go it's, so that, that's what put so if you want to know what that outfit was for, then yeah, look, that's, that's, that's probably that, your best. That sort of stuff, yeah. Right, okay, got you. Hostage yeah. rescue, that sort of thing, when you're going okay. into a building. Right. Or, or, or if you, I mean, it wasn't just buildings with storm, it'd be aeroplanes, coaches, trains, whatever we train for. But right. It's constant, you're constantly training. So once once you get badged, you go into a Sabre squadron, and then the squadrons are split into troops. Um, I was an air troop, which was quite handy, so I specialised, that's where I learned how to do high altitude, low opening, and parachuting through accelerated freefall and as a way of infiltrating an area and um, every so often your squadron will be the squadron that goes on to counter-revolutionary warfare right so you it rotates yeah so you spend some time wearing a black kit carrying a pager and being ready for things that kick off yeah bloody hell and it does happen a lot more than what people public realise but really, I can't. I can't honestly talk yeah, yeah, about no, it. No, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, like, like you, well, you've told people where to go if they want to find mm, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, what was what what was the what would you say was the crate that that you can talk about? Obviously, what's the craziest thing that happened in the in that ten years that you were there that, that you can talk about? Because I'm sure that there were crazy things that happened that you can't talk about. But what's the yeah. craziest thing that happened that you I can? Mean, I spent quite a lot of time in Afghanistan. Um, we would go after bad people and capture them, and we might go on the bounce. So we might go from job to job to job. Um, close target reconnaissance, you know, in places that were, again, I can't really mention, but mm. you'd live in ditches and holes and bushes for weeks and weeks on end. Yeah. You know, getting intelligence on what's going on the ground and, yeah, it's a bit, I can't, it's a bit difficult to discuss. Yeah, really. I can't yeah, really no, give fine. too much away. But, um, yeah, we, 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 we basically we went all over the world in places that I've never even heard of. Right. Getting involved in things that the public will never, ever hear about that would it, it would blow people's minds if they realised we were there or involved. Yeah. I, I can't really discuss... Too this might sound like it. a silly question because you mm. can't talk about it, but mm. why can't you talk about it? Like, like is, is there like... Is there, is there like a... Well, my... Tr- I, I know what I'm trying to say. Is there like... Without giving away obviously specific reasons, because giving away the reason why I can't talk about yeah. it is talk, telling me why you can't talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, no, I can but, tell you why. But is, yeah, is, is there like a broad kind of like umbrella reason why that you can disclose? Yeah, um, the Official Secrets Act, um, it could potentially endanger people that are still serving and still in, um, compromise the security of operations and future operations, tactics that we use, which are always evolving. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's why really, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's well, you, you have to sign the Official Secrets Act, and that well, means well, I was going to give too well, much well, away. Yeah, well, I was going to say because you obviously know what you can and can't talk about. Mm. So, so I was, I was going to say before, before and before and or after you go in and do these things, yeah. do you have to sign a thing that says I'm not going to discuss this? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
Can I say because all the stories that you've got, I'd be like, I tell a story and then go, shit, I wasn't meant to talk about that. <laughs> like, that's the kind of guy that I am. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm sure. Yeah, so you are you are told what you can and can't talk yeah. about. Well, yeah, I mean, really, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't say anything to anyone about anything. It's it's funny. I said to you before, Andy. It's 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 one of those things where you spend all your career trying to get into the special forces, and once you're in, and once you leave, you spend the rest of your life denying that you were ever there. Yeah, and yeah, it's really it, strange. It's, it, it's, so, it's, so, so after you left school, what, what, what have you done for the last twenty uh, years? Uh, uh, see, the, the, the majority. I mean, there are people. That I, I mean, I know it's kind of out there here, but the, with the exception of a few people and some of my family, the majority of people don't know what I was involved in in the military. They didn't know I was right. in the army. I spent most of my time away. And that's. I think people have their suspicions, but right, yeah, yeah, they, they. It's it's a, it's a little game they play on the table at Christmas. Yeah. Where was Andy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I think they'd see if there's something featured on the news, and they know I happened to be away at the time. That there's right. a chance we might have been involved or over there or doing right, something. But they didn't know whether for sure you yeah, were. Yeah, I'd never admit or deny it. Yeah, yeah. So fast forward ten years, you're mm-hmm. leaving. Mm-hmm. How and why? Um, injury. Yeah, I right. I basically screwed my lower back up and um, I didn't want to sit behind a desk. Um, I couldn't really get RTU'd, which is return to unit, because in the powers, you, you, you're carrying heavy weights. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So was it the carrying weights that did your lower back in, or was that a thing? Yeah, from... I think so. Um, because did... these things evolve over time, don't they? You, mm, know, you, you carry something heavy on your back, and it does nothing, mm. but when you're doing that every day for yeah. 10 years or however long you were doing mm. it, but that's going to slowly... That I, I was on one particular operation and um, I did sustain a compression injury in my lower spine as a result of a really? an explosion, oh, <laughs> which goodness. probably didn't help. Where did but, that come from? <laughs> yeah, which, which probably didn't help. But No, um, I can't imagine that it tickled. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, but, uh, and well done the US Marines for happening to be in the area at the time and coming to our, our assistance. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, that, that was what it was really. It was injury. And so, and also I... You know, I kind of discovered that there was life outside of the, the forces and um, I was still young enough to actually think, well, what what can I do the rest of my life? And so, yeah, it was time to change. So how old were you when you left the, the military? Um, I was, I've got to do my maths in my head now. So I did Oh God, you weren't, you weren't any good at maths either. So this is going to be awful. 37, 30, 35. Right. 30, 35, just coming up 36. Oh, so that wasn't that long ago then, really? No. Like, yeah. No, no not really. So yeah, it's only but it's about eight years ago I came out. Right. So uh, those of you who are good at maths, not Andy, you can work out how <laughs> yeah. <hard he> <laughs> I did. I didn't do anything at school. Yeah. So what's the first? So you you've left the you've left the military. Mm-hmm. You're 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 walking out the gates. I don't know how. Like yeah. what what's your, what what's it like the last day you're there? What's that like? Do you know? It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because I can imagine. It, I can imagine it's kind of like leaving like leaving school. Like you know, you've been doing this. Like you know, you're like. Like me, like I finished school last year, mm. and it's so strange being in school. You you spent your whole school like mm. all I can remember is like being in school from Monday to Friday, yeah. and then you finish, and it's like, I've done this my entire life, and yeah. now I'm never gonna have to do it ever again. You know that's a really good analogy because um, that is kind of what it's like. You you come out and you think shit, I've now got to fend for myself. You know I've yeah. got figure out how to pay the bills and sort my accounts tax out and literally literally what I was, yeah i was quite because i was, yeah i was quite fortunate to move in here and not have to move out so i'm not i'm not on that thing yet but as i say i've since leaving school i've now stuck full-time work and i pay housekeeping here and stuff and it's like shit a year and a half ago i was in school and none of this was all of this was like in my in my distant future and yeah. now it's like you know i remember being younger and being like oh 
teenage years nah that's not yeah. gonna happen you know I'm, 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 being an adult and having to pay my own way not gonna happen and yeah. i was here and i'm like shit i wish i was 12 yeah. again and then suddenly you click your fingers and another 10 years is gone you yeah know, time goes really quick but yeah so i was a bit nervous um I, because of obviously what I'd done in the army, I had plenty of job offices to go. See, mm. a lot of people that go on to what's known as on the circuit. Right. So that's sort of close protection work, guarding ships out in the Gulf of Aden against piracy, going back out to Afghanistan or Iraq and working for oil companies or media companies, protecting them. Right. But, um, you know, I didn't really want to go into that. Um, it, was, it was good money at the time, and really good money at the time, not so much now, but mm. um, companies tend to employ locals rather than ex-SF guys, because um, they're cheaper, basically, and it's right. good for hearts and minds employing locals, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was a bit confused as to what I was going to do, um, and a friend of mine said, rather than going away, why don't you come and work for me? Do you know anything about computing and networks and I'm like nope no. <laughs> I, I do understand the technology, technology I could barely write the word computer yeah, let alone program exactly. one yeah god does that involve maths so <laughs> I, I was um, I, I did have an idea of some technology obviously because we used quite a lot of yeah, yeah. sophisticated technology in the army but um, so I said okay I'll go and work for, I'll, I'll give it a go and he sent me off to college and uh, I learned all about infrastructure and network engineering fibre optics spicing. light bulbs uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of electric, so they you yeah. so from the other day, eh? Those but, who know me know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I've, told, I've told the story of me and you changing that light bulb so many times, yeah. that, that pushed me to my limit. Oh, really? <laughs> well, we did sort one of them out, didn't we? we yeah, we managed to get one, one of them done. But yeah, so I, I did that, and um, a couple of years ago, I did that for quite a while, actually, and um, a couple of years ago, unfortunately, I got made redundant, so right. the company I worked for... Um, the particular person I worked for, he sold his business and the new boss wanted to um, restructure the, the company and he did away with like the network team. And so, yeah, I was made redundant and then I was like, shit, you know, I, what am I going to do now? So uh, I literally just put my uh, CV out on Indeed and just took the first job, which right. which it, it's, it's shit compared to what I used to do. Um, I basically, I deliver supplies to medical supplies and equipment to hospitals and care homes and stuff. Which God, very different. It's so different. You yeah. know? I, I like it because the side of it I like is the fact that I'm out on the road. I can plug in a podcast or, or, or an audio Reframe and, the future on Spotify. That's yeah, what he was listening to. That's, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, you know, and I, and I get to interact with people, which I think particularly with what's going on in the world at the moment with lockdowns and stuff, having that human is more important than anything at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Absolutely. So and it's doing something good for people, but um, as far as paying that, it's it's crap. So uh, yeah, I'm obviously going to sort of look at my life again and reevaluate it again. So yeah, you know, as long as you find you know things that you enjoy, we're gonna go for a break there because my recording is about to stop. So we're we're gonna go for a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the urban exploring, which again is how I know you from all the skydiving crazy shit that you do. Yeah, cool. And your YouTube, all right. So stay tuned for that, guys. Hello everyone and welcome back to the second half of the show in the first half. If you if you took a break yourself, we did talk, of course, we talked about your time in the RAF and the military. That was really good. So we're going we're to continue on a little bit from that. So you spoke briefly about uh, when you left the military, the first job that you went into, and I was delivering medical supplies. No, no, network engineering. Network engineering, yeah. sorry. And, and, and the delivering stuff is what you do now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do now, yeah. Yeah, right. How long have you been doing that? Uh, about a year and a half, I think. Right. 
Uh, and did you say it was a it was a friend that got you into that? Was that was a network that, that was engineering. network engineering? Yeah. yeah. So how did you get into delivering medical supplies? Uh, it literally was a case of when I got made redundant, I just put my CV on Indeed, and it was the first person that got back to me. Right. So uh, yeah, and which was amazing. It was pretty quick. It was almost like the same day I got a reply, and they said, "Do you want to come in for an interview?" Uh, so I did, and um, yeah, and then I got a phone call. I, I did the interview. And uh, then I got home and I got a phone call saying, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to come in for a trial day and come out with one of our other people, see what it's all about? So I did that. And uh, yeah, the next thing I know is I had a job offer. So I I took the job and uh, I've been stuck doing the same thing ever since. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So uh, so I, I mentioned at the beginning of the first half, you, you do a lot of adventurous things. You do mm-hmm. So you do the skydiving, obviously, quite quite often. Yeah. You go whenever you can, really. Obviously, it's difficult now because of the the current situation of the world but yeah. so is that something that stemmed from your time in the RAF or was that something that you did in the army yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah RAF. sorry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that does that stem from the gliding and stuff you did in the army or was that something that you did before anyway or? yeah well one of the the skill because I went into the same squadron I was in the troop I was in was air troop right so um, one of the specialist um, skills we learned and I actually became an SME in, which is a subject matter expert was um, high altitude parachuting so it's just something I've continued since leaving the army. Right. I'm quite lucky, really, because I, you know, I did think that maybe it would affect my back, uh, but it hasn't. I just basically thought solid, and um, yeah, I've been alright since. So, yeah. So what? So do you remember the first time you went parachuting after mm-hmm. after you left the military? Do you remember the first time you did it after? Oh uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and what what was that like? Did it, did it did it bring you back, or was it did it feel different? It was different because obviously it was... Uh, obviously it's different circumstances. Yeah, obviously, but... it's slightly different kit um, and it wasn't from quite as high altitudes. It was in daylight. Right. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was great. And the people I was with uh, all ex-military as well. So right. it, was, it was good. It was like being back in, in with the boys, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was great and I was made to feel welcome straight away. And um, yeah, and from then on I've not looked back. I jump, as you said, I jump as often as I can. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you know I might go... Four or five times a month, and each time we go, I'll jump five or six times a day. So yeah, um, right. Yeah, it's great. I love it. You should come. You, you need to come along. You need to. I want. Yeah, I no. Yeah, I do. I do. I I mentioned. I have mentioned it to you before. When we went to do the explore. It's kind of. It's one of those things where it's like I want to make sure that I'm a hundred percent committed to it. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. because I'm one of those people where the anticipation of before before something happens gets me more than the actual thing. Yeah. Like when I was doing drama, but like on the, the like when we'd have a performance. Mm. Or whenever I did anything, anything like performance-wise, I'd be fine leading up to it, and then about five minutes before, I'd start getting this really bad, like nervous anxiety. But then as soon as yeah. I get up there, it'd be fine. Yeah. And so I imagine it'd be the similar thing as like I'm like like sitting here, I want to do it. Like yeah. sitting and talking to you now. Like if you said to me right now, let's go for a jump, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, let's go and do it. Yeah. But it, in the plane and going up there, I'd be like, shit, oh, I want to get <laughs> off. I want to get off, Andy. I can't do this, Andy. I can't do this. And then, and then when we jumped again, I'd be, I'd, I think, I, I think I'd be all right. Genuinely, yeah. I, th- I think once we jumped, we were skydiving. Yeah. Once we get down there, I'll probably say to you, "Can we go back up again?" Yeah. But the, but the first time doing it, sitting in that plane, is going to be the the shittest thing for me personally. Yeah, you know, I, people do say that. You know, I think it's like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. And yeah. From the perspective of people that actually do make a jump. They either do jump and they say that was amazing. I've got to fucking do that again, mm. or they'll say no, never yeah. again. You know, there's kind of no in between. You either love it or you hate it. You yeah, either, you either get it or you don't. And uh, yeah, I, I reckon I reckon you'd be alright. I I, I, I genuinely th- I genuinely think that as well. I think once I've jumped and I, I don't, like I say I want something the first time, I'll probably be alright. Mm. But it's just I, like I say, it's just it's just that thing of like I'll be sitting in the plane just like 
sitting in the plane and then the door opens and then you'll yeah. be like, right, come on. I'll be like, I don't want to do this. Like yeah. it's just it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you got to put enough kahunas to do it. But yeah, and once you, do I'll, it, I'll do. I'll definitely do it one day. It, it's something I've always, I always have wanted to do. It, it's just it's just something I've got to build up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I might do one of those, like you know, those inside sky things where they put you on like the fan yeah. and yeah. and do that kind of thing, just just so I can kind of get a feel for it. Because yeah, because again, it's one of those things where I've never done it before. That, so that's it's, where you can practice your free fall position. But I do lots of free flying, which is not just being in a stable free fall position. It could be standing, sitting back to the ground we yeah. kind of mess around in the air so yeah. it's, it's great so I think I, I think if I if I did something building up to it mm. like like yeah if I, if I did all that and then I did the inside skydiving thing and then mm. I, I think I'd be alright mm. I think just sitting here and then going straight into the plane to go skydiving yeah. would be the most nerve wracking thing but I, think, <laughs> I think if I built up to it I'd be alright face your fears that's what you gotta do you gotta face fear head on it's not even like I'm af- I wouldn't even say I was afraid of it It was. it's more just the anxiety thing because mm. I was never because I I've been in the I have been on on planes like mm. it's not like I've never been flying I've we used to go on holiday like every year mm. and I, I, uh, not last year the year before I went to New York mm. and my favorite part about the the trip was like well one of my favorite parts because New York is obviously amazing and we, we've been to New York so I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that now if you like but sure. but I, re- I I do actually really enjoy flying mm. it's just the idea I've then got to jump out of the plane yeah, halfway it's, it's good when you get into an airplane <laughs> fly somewhere nice and then it lands it's when you are right up there and then they say right now jump out <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's actually it yeah, yeah I'd be fine in the plane if they if the captain came on the came on the announcement and said. Right, guys, we're crash landing. Yeah. Gay parachutes on, we're going jumping. I'd be like, do you know what? I think I'll die on the plane, thanks. Yeah, I've, I've often wondered why they uh, they give you a life jacket and not a parachute. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on, on the on the regulations on plane. It makes... Oh, in, the, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, Yeah. at, at midnight, a life jacket and a flashlight ain't going to do shit. Yeah, exactly, and a whistle that no one will hear. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so the helicopter's coming over. Yeah, roll exactly. their, roll their windows down. Yeah. <laughs> there oh, there, there they are, they're over there. Yeah, exactly. And the brace position. Yeah, the brace position. Yeah. If you go, if you go three hundred miles an hour into the side of a mountain, sitting like this, ain't gonna do fuck all. No, it's not, is it? I, no. I, I, I have heard rumours. It's I've, just to protect your, your teeth so they can I've, identify. I've you. heard that. I've, I've heard it. I've heard it. It's that, and I, some people have told me that it's to break your neck so you die quicker. Basically, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I've, I've heard, a, I've heard a whole host of things. You'd want to go quick, wouldn't you? Oh, I would have thought so. <laughs> I can imagine dying in a massive fireball would be equally quick, though. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on how you. We're talking about plane crashes. This yeah. is this is really. But I, I can just I just love the idea that you know the plane's going down and you think oh sorry I'll try it you sit like that plane crashes massive fireball the smoke clears and you're just still sat there it's like oh my god that is amazing how did that even happen the fireball formed around you yeah somehow, somehow missed me yeah <laughs> must be my lucky day <laughs> but no, I will come skydiving with you at some stage yeah, like I say I've just got to build up to it I'm sure I'm sure if I've got you there I'll be alright yeah you're, you're quite. Not sound weird. You're quite like like when I first started doing urban exploring, I was quite apprehensive. Like mm-hmm. not not apprehensive because I wanted to do it, but I was kind of like shit. What if we get what if we get caught? Blah, blah, blah. But you you like you really plan ahead. I don't know if this is something mm-hmm. you did got from the military. But yeah. You really plan ahead and you you, you think of everything <laughs> yeah. and you you label all of the the variables. That's right. Yeah. And that was something, and I felt I felt really when, when I did the urban exploring with you, I did feel like I felt like everything had been covered. Yeah. Because I, with you, I, it, uh, yeah, that is from the military. Yeah. Planning, preparation, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You you've got to be um, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Mm. You don't really want to go into somewhere and not know what's going to happen. So it does happen from time to time, but that is definitely a military trait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, we touch on it, might as well talk about the urban exploring, because that's, mm. that's obviously how I know you. I, mm-hmm. well, I, I met you through a mutual friend, yep. and then we, 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 we've we been on an explore together. And, then, and that was one of the things, you know, driving up to the place, you know, you were like, right, this is how we're getting in, we've got to go through here, and then, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's sounded Jake, my brother coming through the gate, if you can hear that. 
Yeah, on on the build up there, you know, like you, you you know the whole way, the whole time going there, you were saying to me, right, we're not gonna walk through the front door because mm-hmm. that's gonna get us, you know, that's gonna get us in trouble. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go this way and then this way, and we're gonna go across this bit, over the fence, blah blah blah. Yeah, and I could I could I could physically picture it in my head. It's like you would draw me a map, like yeah. like, like you had everything covered, and and I was. And it, and it got me in the mindset of like, yes, we're doing this. Yeah, give and, me confidence. Yeah. And so I feel like if we were to go skydiving, I feel like I, mm. I would want to go with you just because you'd be like, no, it's fine. You've got, obviously, I don't know what the skydiving couldn't be like, right, you got this and you're back up and blah, blah, blah. And this is this, isn't this? Mm-hmm. I feel like I would feel really prepared if I went <laughs> with you. So good. Well, thank thanks you. for that, mate. That's a, that's <laughs> so, a compliment. Thank there you go. So I'm not yeah. going unless you're coming with me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, urban exploring. How did you yeah. get into that? Um, do you know, I think it's something I've always been into even since I was a kid, but I didn't really know it as urban exploring, you know, yeah. I mentioned before that I was quite, you know, I liked to be outside as a kid. I was quite adventurous and, um, sneaking into like abandoned places and spooky buildings was kind mm. of just like something to do. And, um, now that I'm more into like photography and videography and things, it's, uh, it's just something that sparked my interest. Yeah. There's, like you said, there's that element of mild risk if you get caught, um, and so yeah, I kind of it kind of does it for me, you know. I, I like to see a little bit about history and how nature takes back places that are no longer used. And yeah, I I love that imagery. Yeah, like I like I like looking at um, like people do concept art and stuff of like like post apocalyptic worlds. Yeah, and you see like and you'll see like cities that have got like huge vines and stuff and like yeah. like growth. And like, yeah, I I love that idea. Yeah. The the idea that you know the human humans have come along, put this here. Yeah. humans then abandoned it and nature and mother nature's gone right well that's mine now yeah absolutely i've just w- finished watching a series on uh netflix actually called the rain yeah you've been uh, telling me I, yeah. I need to i need to look into it. i'm currently in the middle yeah. of doing a series once i've finished that series i'll get on to yeah, it. it it's i don't know it's it the, it's good because it's that kind of concept yeah uh, like a post-apocalyptic world and uh yeah i like that i like that sort of thing yeah and so that's kind of what it is i i yeah i kind of the bigger, the spookier, the the better, really, and yeah, um, um, yeah, kind of does, does it for me. So, are you, are you big into? We're going off a bit of a tangent here, but we're go, are you big, big into movies and TV shows and stuff? Like, have you always been a bit of a movie buff or TV show binger? Or? Do you know? Do you know what? Not really. No, no. You didn't strike me as like. No. You didn't strike me as the kind that would sit in and watch loads of movies and TV no, shows. No, I like to be out and about and doing things. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get itchy feet when I'm when I'm sitting around. See, um, I've got time for both, really. I, I kind of, I'm kind of, I like sitting in that grey area. I love going out and doing stuff, but then. Like for me, one of the best things about going out and doing stuff is then coming home, and yeah. then and then doing the the lazy stuff afterward. Yeah, you know, like I, you know, obviously I'm I'm, I'm still in my I'm in my late teen years. You know, a couple of years ago I'd always go out every you know every night in the summer I go out partying almost. Nice. And it was yeah, well not to brag. No, <laughs> but every weekend someone have a house party and I would mm. go to that and and one of the, one of the best things was always coming home. Yeah, sitting on the sofa and being like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, the calm, and then putting on the yeah, putting on the TV. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's nice, you know, because you go, you go out. You know, you're you're a raver, so you would know. You know, you go yeah. to these really like, you go to these locations, and it's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Everything's happening everywhere. Yeah, and then and then once that's all done, you're you're like, oh, fucking knackered. I could do with a lie down. And then yeah. you get home, and it's like, ah, oh, yes, you switch off, and it's calm and quiet, yeah. and peace and tranquility, and you can collect your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely, and I totally get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. So. Uh, What's your so when when what do you typically watch when you do find when you do find time to sit down and watch things and like you say you're watching the rain at the moment what do you mm. aside from that what do you tend to what's your go to I tend to watch so I tend to watch more YouTube at the moment um, I'm mm. really into a couple of channels um, there, there's a couple of channels I really like there's one guy who does a lot of outdoor stuff so he'll go out and do wild camping he goes on canoe trips or he'll build like 
debris shelters and spends the night out there and cooks on an open fire. Right. Um, <clears throat> another channel, this guy, he, he basically escaped the rat race of life. He was quite a successful businessman, but he bought a plot of land in Canada and using hand tools, he built himself a log cabin, him and his dog. And he built like handcrafted furniture and stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And I've been following them for the last two or three years. And um, they post regularly on YouTube. And they're like good productions, you know. It's it's well edited. Yeah. So I tend to watch things like that. Um, Yeah, I I quite like um, watching people like um, Brian Cox when he's talking about the universe and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. um, You know, again, not so much when I was at school, but since leaving school, as I mentioned, I kind of got an interest in that sort of thing now. Yeah, yeah. How small and insignificant we are and uh, how big the universe actually is and like the numbers of stars and planets that are involved in galaxies and solar systems are just you can't comprehend no so it's like how small and insignificant are all of us really yeah in the grand scheme of things so yeah i tend to watch things like that if i'm honest yeah yeah that's fair enough yeah i mean i, I kind of i started off i don't know it was weird i started off i was watching nothing but youtube and then i mm. wasn't touching television at all mm. and now i've kind of gone the other way i don't really watch a lot of youtube the only thing i the only things i watch on youtube really are follow-ups to things that i watch on on uh, TV, like yeah. like the, the the channel I'm currently watching at the moment is called the Corridor the Corridor Crew. If anyone's familiar, and they do um their VFX and uh their well their special effects guys they do practical and uh like CGI effects and they have yeah. they have a series where they sit down and they watch clips from movies and stuff and analyze how the CGI was done yeah. and then they do their own little movies and they they'll do practical effects with like robots and androids and things mm-hmm. like that and then they do their own visual effects yeah. and they've got a series in there at the moment where they go back and they they look at bad CGI from movies and they make it better. And, okay. They're, and they're showing you like how like these, these companies, yeah. they have all this money to throw at, the, at these CGI's and it gets done by like three guys on the computer. Yeah. And, it, and it's actually crazy. crazy. Like, I'll show you some of their work after. Yeah. Just of like, like the most, re- they did, um, you ever see The Mummy Returns? No. No. <laughs> they, no. It's a really old movie. It was, it, was the, it was The Rock's first movie really actually. Okay. But uh, in the movie he's, um, and again, I'll, I'll show you later because it, it looks awful. It's like, it was nineteen. It was in the late nineties. Mm. Uh, I can't say where, but they've got a big. But they, he plays a character in it called the Scorpion King, and he's like, imagine a scorpion body, and then it's got like, you know, like a uh, a, cent- a centaur is like a horse body, and then it's got like a yeah. a human top half. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine mm. like the rock's top half on a scorpion, and that okay. was essentially what what the character was. Right. Okay. And so it's a big CGI version of the rock. Okay. And 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 it, it it does look awful. It's it's actually noted as being the worst CGI character <laughs> of all of all time in Hollywood. Yeah. And they, and they fixed it and they basically made it look look as real as a human scorpion can do. And it and it, it's just incredible. And they and they did um Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian as well because he was in that. But they used like a young version. I'm sure, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, oh yeah. The original yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the Mandalorian TV show. I'm sure you've heard of it, even if you haven't seen it. No, mm, it sounds familiar. Yeah, it's quite popular at the moment. I haven't really watched it because, I, yeah, I'm, I haven't really been watching it. Mm. But but Luke Skywalker's in that. But they used, but it's young Luke Skywalker, right? And obviously Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, is now in his fifties and sixties, so he can't play the character. Yeah. So they had an actor come in and like play him, and then they basically put young Mark Hamill's face on it. Okay. And it looks, uh, it's it's had it's had a mixture of criticisms. Okay. And so they, they then went and did it, yeah. and it and it looks better. Okay. And so that's kind of their thing. They kind of just like they kind of just show you how, mm. what you know. They, they, I don't, I don't I don't know what their mission is. I don't know whether they're trying to expose companies for being lazy or mm. things like that. But they they do that. That's what they do. They they take movies that and they they basically just show them they have got no excuse really. Yeah. And it's so, kind of just it's really interesting. It sounds a little bit like the old show Mythbusters. 
Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like they're VFX Mythbusters, really. Yeah. They, they take shoddy CGI and stuff and they just go, look how easy it is yeah. to do. Like, See, I love Mythbusters. Yeah, that, so, so do I. Great show. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I can kind of relate to... We're going off on tangents here, by the way, but if you're keeping up, then keep up. You know, the interview part of the, <laughs> the, interview part of the show's over. We're, we're just, just two guys having a <laughs> chat now. Chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mythbusters is really good. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's, it's fun because they, they use... It's just really fun and just interesting how they bring things into real life. Mm. Like, uh, the, like the, the one I watched, the one, this, it's the one that got me into it. They, they did obvious, uh, the, which one was it? They did the Titanic ending and they, they were trying to answer the question as to whether both of them could have got, got on the door yeah. or, or not. Yeah. Because James, uh, James Cameron was in the episode. He was saying like, you know, oh, these fucking idiots have been getting on me <laughs> saying that Jack could have fit on the door. I want you guys to prove that he couldn't. And, yeah. like, and, and so that, that's, that's what stemmed that episode. I was watching it just thinking, yeah, let's actually answer this once and for no, all. I might have to check that out. Yeah, yeah it was a really good episode actually. Good I won't I won't tell you what the uh yeah, I won't tell you what their what their final uh, verdict was if you're gonna watch it. But yeah. Mm. And yeah, just things like that. I just I, I like I like behind the scenes stuff and, and thing and things like that where they go, you know, let's let's see what we can do here with this thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you know. But then but then I I do like a good movie as well. I'm a, I'm big into I tend to like T V shows more because you can get more done. Mm. I'm people who anyone who knows me know that when I look at when I watch films and T V I I gravitate more towards the films and TVs where the shows where the characters have development. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a. I, I always say to my girlfriend whenever we're watching a show, I'm a sucker for a good character development. Yeah, and you can get that done more in a TV show because a character has more time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I tend to gravitate more towards TV show than movies, but I do like a good movie as well. Yeah, going into being in the cinema and watching a movie is the best worst experience ever. Yeah, <laughs> depending on who, who's in the audience. Yeah, sometimes you'll be in the cinema and people will be like noisy. I've had kids kids and babies sat behind me screaming and crying and, and all that stuff and for movies like what was it Murder on the Orient Express which was a remake of one of the old um, Agatha Christie isn't it yeah yeah it, 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 was, it was the newer remake one with uh, Sir Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. in playing the role and okay. I mean it wasn't a great movie anyway but the, the audience was just kind of like, I was kind of just watching it and there was a woman next to me kept talking and all that kind of stuff and then I went to see Avengers Endgame in the cinema and, yeah. and that was amazing because everybody was there for the same reason. Yeah. Like like you had like when I went to see Murder on the Orient Express, there was there was me and my mates there. Like we were, we went for my mate's birthday. So they were really into it. I wasn't really. No. And then you had the woman next to me who wasn't really into it. And then you had no. people who were Agatha Christie fans who were coming to see it because it's Agatha Christie story. Yeah. Everyone in the cinema see Avengers Endgame was there for the same reason. Yeah. And that's because we were everyone was Marvel fans, and yeah. there were certain things happening in the movie where we all went. Yes, and then, and then there were certain moments that were really sad, and then we were all just sat there inside, and it's just like this is really sad. So atmospheres like that are really, really. Fun. And and when I went to see the first new Star Wars movies, yeah, things like that, like you know, when everyone's coming for the same yeah thing, same purpose, yeah, and, and, and stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. So sometimes being a cinema is really good, and then other times it's a bit rubbish. Yeah, do you know? I was thinking when you were telling me that, I actually can't remember the last time I went to the cinema. The last, I think, the last time I went to cinema was when I went to see Joker. Okay. Which was 2019, mm-hmm. I think. It must be, well, it must be because of lockdown that we've had, but it must be at least that long ago since I last went. I, t- I know the film I went, but I can't think what it was called. What film was it? It was like a follow-up to The Shining. Oh, yes. But I can't think what it was yeah, called. Yeah, you had Ewan McGregor in. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, Doctor Sleep. That's it. 
Doctor yeah. Sleep. And um, I seem to see that. Yeah, it was okay, but I, I mean, I'm quite a fan of the original The Shining. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's what I mean. The, 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 it's those kind of movies where you kind of get half and half audiences. Yeah. Like when I went to see uh, the new Halloween. I went to see yeah. that in the cinema. Yeah. And and you kind of you had a mixture of people there who were like who obviously who'd never seen the Halloween movies before. Yeah. And then people like me who were a fan of the Halloween movies, yeah. and we're going to see it because it was a sequel. Yeah. Because I remember walking out of the cinema and 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 people were like, uh, like people were just talking about it as if they hadn't seen the originals before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That they were kind of like, so who is that old lady? Like, why was you know? Yeah. And it's like because she's the girl from the first one, yeah, you idiot. That's it. that's it. That's it. And if they don't know the plot line from like the foundations of what it was before, then it's kind of lost on them. I think. Yeah. I I, I went specifically because I was told yeah, it's like a follow up to The Shining uh, and. As a standalone film, it was all right, but as a follow-up, I didn't quite that, get on with it. That's how you got to kind of watch some of these films. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I get... I, I, it really annoys me when things don't uh, have a... Con, don't follow the continuity. Yeah. And so there are some times... Sometimes you have got to watch a movie yeah. as a movie, yeah. and then other times you've got to watch it, and other times I'll watch it, and I'll include information from different things, and I'll go, that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. No. Uh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. like... Uh, well the Friday the 13th movies I don't know how many of those you've seen or if you've seen any uh, of them years ago yeah yeah. the continuity of that is absolutely dog shit yeah because every single every single movie they, they try and end the franchise yeah and so at, the, at the end of every single movie they, they kill Jason Voorhees off yeah and then in the next movie he'll be back he'll be and there'll back, be no yeah. explanation <laughs> and because I recently watched them with my girlfriend because she'd never seen them yeah and so I was like let's watch them yeah and then every single time at the beginning of every single movie she'd be like wait and I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's back. It's, it's, it's winding me up as well. Yeah, it's like Freddy Krueger's back from the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, right? so yeah. They, 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 yeah. These guys, just they just show up and it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, they're immortal, by the way. Mm. Why? Fuck knows. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, they, they don't tell us why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they're just back. Yeah, exactly. And so things like that really irritate me. But when you watch them on their own and you just try and like push everything else out of the way and you, yeah. and you just watch it, it's all right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's also the issue of like like you say with like Doctor Sleep and then they then doing Halloween and things like that. It's it's trying to make money off of something that did, they're they're trying to fix something that wasn't broken. Yeah. Like The Shining was perfectly fine yeah. as The Shining. Yeah. And they've gone right. The Shining. Yeah. That was quite popular, wasn't it? That made a lot of money. Yeah. How can we make more? Money? How can we make more money off of this? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then it, and then it, and then it it ruins the original. Show, the, well, depending. I I haven't seen Doctor Sleep, so I don't know what my opinion is. I need to yeah. watch it. But depending on whether you thought it was good or it was bad, it could add more to The Shining. Yeah. Or it could take it away. Yeah. For me, it took it away. Because yeah, because then you can't watch The Shining anymore without the information of what happens after. Yeah. Exactly. Because you think that's it. That's the end of it. And like you yeah. say, they've now added this bit onto the end which just doesn't do it for me no because again it's just, it, I keep going back to Star Wars but that's the best thing I can do with it because well because I grew up with the obviously I didn't grow up with the originals but when I, when I was growing up I had the originals and the prequels yeah so I didn't so I always grew up, grew up knowing that uh, Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader yeah the people who watched the original trilogy didn't have that no they, they didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Yeah. So when the big reveal happened, Luke, I'm your father, I was like, well, yeah, no shit. We've seen in the yeah, previous yeah. movies that he's... Yeah, like yeah. the progression of this guy. Yeah, exactly. We, we already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like when the sequels came out and the Emperor comes back, Yeah. I can't watch the original trilogy now no. and go, that's the end. Yeah. And I wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could watch the, the Return of the Jedi, which is one of my favourite movies anyway. Yeah. I wish I could watch Return of the Jedi and go, 
that's the end. Yeah. That, that means something. See, but I to, can't. To me, the Star Wars was the original three movie, yeah. movies, you know, Empire yeah, Strikes yeah. Back, Return of the Jedi, and Star Wars. That, that yeah, was it. That was that it. done it for me. That was it. That was done, yeah. I've, I've never really... They didn't need to touch it. it no, was, that no. trilogy was perfectly fine on its own. Yeah, well, that's another example of where they thought, how can we make more money? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And then, they, yeah, because they did the prequels, and it's like, let's show how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Yeah. Do we need to know that? No, exactly. No, I don't think we do. Exactly. And then we've got a story after. Oh, we're going to do a story about some new characters, but we're going to bring the old characters back. And it's like, yeah. why? Why do we need... Why, why does that need to happen? And then they brought the Emperor back, and in, I'm assuming you haven't seen the new ones. If you haven't, you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they bring the Emperor back. He comes yeah. back. It's revealed that he's still alive somehow. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I mean. Now, cause now it's revealed that he's back, and it's like... Why have you done that? Yeah. You're just trying to make money off of a... Because that's, what, that's, what, that's why they did it, I reckon. Because yeah. the, the second film in the sequel trilogy dropped like a sack of shit. Yeah. Like, people hated it. Yeah. And so I reckon they brought the Emperor back just to try and get that viewership back up. But, yeah. now, but now it's like, I can't watch Return of the Jedi and have it mean something anymore. Because no. I'm, like, I'm like, well, what's the point? He's, he's, he's not dead. No. No. And so it ruined it for me. So if you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen the new ones, don't watch no, it, mate. I, I won't. Don't watch no, it. No, I won't. Don't watch it. It will ruin the I'm going to give them a miss. It will ruin the original <laughs> trilogy for you, mate. Right. Don't watch it. I won't do that. All right. <laughs> so yeah. Oh dear. Uh, what, should we, what else should we talk about? We're having, we're having a bit of a chat here, really. We are, aren't we? Uh, supernatural. Yes. All right. <laughs> I love the shit out of this. <laughs> well, I want to. I want. I want to get. People know my opinion. I did a poll on, I did a poll on Instagram, mm-hmm. which you, you, you voted on, asking people if ghosts were real. Yep. Well, 82% of people said yes. Mm-hmm. And then, however many... <laughs> what, <laughs> 12, wait, wait. <laughs> I've got to, my maths is rubbish. Yeah. Asking me. 12%, I think. 12%, 12, 12, 12 yeah. or 19, no, 82, 19. I got the feeling uh, I was 11. in that lower percentage. 11, yeah, you was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember, only a handful of people said no. A lot of people said yes. Mm. Uh, you're a man of science. You said that you watch Brian Cox and, the, and you mm. enjoy talking about the universe and stuff. Yeah. Well, what is your opinion on the on the universe? I'm quite I'm quite like intrigued to know what what is your opinion of like of the universe and and energy and like things like that. Because my opinion is, I'm on the as I've said before, I'm on the fence about the paranormal. I I I don't know if I believe what what the media and what shows and stuff tell us about mm. about a ghost being uh the physical embodiment of a person who's being all like, ooh, I'm going to scare you and mm. move shit around your house. Mm. I, I'm under the impression that a, like, a spirit is... I, I, I tend to believe that a spirit and a ghost are two different things. Mm-hmm. And I believe that a spirit is basically the energy of someone's consciousness. Right. And I believe that when, when you die, your consciousness goes out into the universe mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it goes on to do where other things are the like i'm not a universe guy so i can't say what that energy then does but but i I believe that a conscious is i believe that your consciousness is separate from everything else that your soul if you like yeah because it's kind of like i have discussion with my mates all the time do you do you ever stop it i i I don't know if you do um because you're you're not a thinker like me but um do you ever stop and think like why am i me yep yeah, I've 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 contemplated why am I here and what are the yeah. odds of me being here? You know, yeah, and like and things like that. and it's things like that that make me feel like the like, like the, the, the energy. Yeah, yeah, mm. and things like yeah. I often think that I'm like I'm like 
Nimeon is such a small town down south and no one knows where it is. Mm. Why am I in this town? Yeah. Why was I not in a town that is very well known? Why was I not born in a, in a city like, like London or Chelsea or mm. Manchester or, or, or anywhere abroad? Why am I here in England yeah, in this you, small little town down south? If you look at it and then you, look, you keep taking steps back and you look at the odds of this happening, the odds of that happening, the odds of this happening, the, what are the odds of you even existing? Yeah. It had to be the, I don't know how many sperms are released when you're, Parents are at it, but Thank it has to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. something Just I really count, give Counting them one, two, three. It's got to be millions, isn't it? And, yeah, and the yeah. thing is, it had to be that exact sperm eating that exact egg. And if, if it had been a different one, you wouldn't be who you are. You'd be somebody else. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And so the, and then you take it that far back, the odds of you even existing are you know, yeah. so remote, and then... Yeah, so you see, it's, it's things like that, though, I think, like, it's got to be, like, an energy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like your consciousness has got to be an it's energy. It's a bit of a head fuck, isn't it? If it really honest, is. It's like... Yeah. What, what do I think about it? I mean, that's an interesting theory you've got there about the energy just dis- disbanding into the universe somehow. Um, because people think, because people often say that when go- they get, like, ghost interactions, it's of people, like, you know, you know, people say that, like, you know, that a relative will pass away and then things will happen that that person did. Mm. And, it, and it's like, I'm under the impression that that's because their, their energy hasn't left the room yet. Mm. And so, so things are that, not necessarily things that are actually physically happening, but they're then, their energy is then making them think that things are still there. Yeah, and, and then clinging on to memories and possibly even hope. Yeah, it's like when people go and see. I know we touched on it off off um, when we weren't recording. We were talking about like mediums and why people go and see mediums. Yeah, and it's like well, people may have lost or would more than likely have lost a loved one, but they want to feel some sort of connection with their lost loved one, so they yeah. go and seek that to try and yeah, like, well, it, confirmation it, that that person's still around for their own comfort. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's 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 comforting to know that that person just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, like the the idea of the idea of you know like like I, I said to you, uh, you know, I lost two grandparents last year. Yeah, it's much more comforting, and and, and I live here where where my nan used to live. Mm. It's more comforting for me knowing that that she is like in her own way still here like her energy is still here or whatever mm. and I went to visit my my nan and the granddad's energy is still there it, it's better for me to think that way than to just think they just don't exist anymore mm. in, on any level mm. do you know what I mean yeah and I think that's a psychological thing from the person that is still left behind on, on earth if you like that's mm. still alive but it's comforting for them in a psychological sense to know that their loved one is still around watching over them yeah whether they are or not I, I'm I, I personally and I respect people that do believe that I, I personally I, I don't but yeah that's fair um, enough I, 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 I can think, I can understand why people I, would think that yeah but I can see why people do take comfort from Be, it you know I do get that because I am a logical thinker like mm. like even like obviously we can only speculate on what happens because mm. there's no real way of yeah, knowing we just don't know do we no, but for a lot of time I'm a logical thinker so when someone says to me I, I, I believe that I believe this and like your opinion there mm. I, I can I fully understand why you would believe that. Mm, yeah. It's it's just it's just something that just, that's just been that I've just been thinking about. Yeah. I think it's like it's it's almost like religion in it. Some people believe really believe in God and some people don't, you know. Yeah. Again, personally I don't. I it depends believe. on what you experience and what, what yeah. you're you know, and what you experience I mean my family's not religious at all. No. My mum doesn't believe in the supernatural or anything like that. At, no. I don't know, I guess it's just kind of something that I've just kinda of, the more I thought about it, the more I've just developed my own theories, and the more I develop my own theories. Well, because I don't know if I believe in the supernatural. Like I say, I don't know if I, I believe in spirits. Yeah. I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I believe in spirits and energy and and things like that. I don't know if I believe 
the the ghost. No, like, I, you know, I like don't. white people walking around yeah, going, absolutely. oh, like, how many know, people are on the planet now? Throwing glasses many... and shit across the room. Well, like. exactly. I mean, if you think about how many people are on the planet now and how many people will die today and how many people over the... Have existed. Many, yeah, yeah exist, have existed and died. They'd be everywhere. We'd be bumping into a, them everywhere. A, yeah, exactly. And so... I don't know. No, I, I, I don't believe it. Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's kind of like, well, what dictates who becomes a spirit and who, you know, who becomes a ghost and who doesn't? Why yeah. do some people become ghosts and haunt places and other people yeah. don't? Like, it's kind of... I tend to What's believe, the selection process behind that? Yeah, exactly. I tend to I, I tend to believe in like science and the laws of the universe. Yeah. And now don't ask me what it is, but I've one of the I listen to a lot of Brian Cox on the Infinite Monkey Cage, which is a podcast he does with scientific experts and and a comedian on it as well. And they do these yeah. panel shows basically, and they were talking about the supernatural. And one of the things that he says with physics as we know it today, afterlife and the supernatural kind of defies the second law of thermodynamics. Right. Now, don't yes, ask yeah, yeah, see, again, I'm not a man of science. So like... so, and I, and I'm, I'm not that scientifically minded either. So <clears throat> I think that's where we just tend to, or I tend to listen to the advice of experts. I mean, he's a leading yeah, that's fair enough. physicist. And so I listen to, I know how educated and how clever that man is. And so yeah. <clears throat> I tend to believe what he says, but then I suppose scientists and celebrities do influence us every day don't they that's it yeah that's the thing it's kind of like people just uh, I feel like people have a tendency when they're trying to make someone believe something they'll they'll tell them why they think it is chuck in a few Mm. big words Mm. and then it becomes more believable it's like well they use the word blah 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 and it's like do you actually know what that word means yeah no but the fact that they said that word means they know what they're talking about this is why why companies use celebrities to advertise their products because people listen to it I mean I've, I've going touching with this and onto the urban exploring i mean i've i've explored some places i did um i know we were going to speak about keeper's cottage stud one of the places i explored yes, which we'll was, talk about that that, like, that yeah. was the scene of a, a double murder a horrific murder yeah and I, and I visited that place during the day and in the middle of the night with a full moon mm. and although you were aware of something terrible that had happened there i got no sort of supernatural vibes from the place no another, another, I, sorry go on Oh, no, sorry, I was just gonna, I was just going to say that it, it depends if you if you div- if you divide the difference between a supernatural feeling and just a bad vibe because mm. I feel like if I went there I'd have felt the bad vibes yeah, but it wouldn't have been a case of like oh I feel like the the, the spirits of the people that were were killed there are still yeah. here it would just yeah. be it'd just be like because I know what happened there yeah like you know you might, they'd, they'd be like the armchair and yeah. it might, might still have like the blood stains on it and stuff in it it'd be, it'd be more like I would I would just feel because I'm I'm like a vibe guy like I do I do believe in feeling energy and like yeah. you know sitting here talking to you yeah I you know there's an energy and then yeah. you know there's a really nice flow energy of like us having a cool conversation yeah absolutely. If, if there's if there was a third person here who wasn't really adding to the conversation yeah. I would feel the the energy coming off of them yeah I get that like yeah. you know coming off of you there's a really cool energy like you know having a chat yeah. If there was a group of us having a chat and there was one person not saying anything, I would know because I would feel their you, their awkwardness, you pick their up energy. On that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I feel like if I if I had been there when it was still there, mm. uh, and I walked in there, I would have felt the bad a bad chill like vibe, mm. but it wouldn't have been like a all supernatural vibe. Do you get yeah. me? Yeah, that's it. And I think that bad vibe for me came from the fact that I knew exactly what had happened and how it happened yeah. and when, and you were aware that, or I was aware that. I was in the place where that happened yeah. and because I knew the history of it. It was that psychological side of things that gave it that, if you like, eerie feeling. Yeah, Especially yeah. when we did the night explore there and it was a foot. I remember we we came through these woods and um, as you come out, there's some like 
dog kennels. It was like a big line of concrete built dog kennels. And as you emerge, yeah. you know, I could see the silhouette of the house with a full moon behind it. Oh. And, and it was, it, 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 it was in an illustri- illustrative sense, spooky. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't expecting to have any ghosts pop up. No, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I wouldn't to be fair. I, I'm, again, I'm not, even though I believe in the supernatural, I'm not one of those guys that like every single, every single noise I'm like, Demon! Yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. that's just not me. Yeah. Especially when we yeah. went um, exploring with, I won't, I won't name her in case she doesn't want to be named, but you know who I'm talking about when we went to Westbury. Yeah. And, uh, she, and you know, and she, she was a big believer in, yeah. in like witchcraft and demons and stuff like that. And we, yeah. me and you were kind of just like, Right, that's, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't start any of that, that spell no. stuff while well, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, another place I, I explored, and I, and I stayed there overnight. It was a bit of a, an overnight challenge. Um, again, I've done the place during the day was the old St. Peter's Mortuary right. out in Chertsey. And that was a mortuary. And the fridges, although all the racking had been taken out of most of them, the fridges were still there where they kept the bodies in. Yeah. Although, I will say that um, I did have... Not a weird experience, but when we went in there, um, I mean, the place was pretty trashed by this point. Yeah. And But when we actually went into the fridges, because where they'd taken the racking out, you could walk in, all the doors were open in the fridges, but it was like one big fridge inside. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. And when we went in there, the air just inside that fridge was really bad, and I can't right. explain it. It was hard to breathe it. Right. And, um, but as soon as you stepped outside of the door of the fridges, it... it, it was fine and the place was open to the elements so it's not as if it was just stale and there was no airflow going through there was no, yeah that's probably the most strangest experience I've there's had. probably a reason behind that though yeah there must be there must be maybe there was like coolant leaking out of the refrigeration yeah so, you know, there must be a scientific yeah, explanation yeah. in my opinion but um yeah so but again i mean again. how many people have been through there over the years mm. and you know and that's a place where the dead were taken yeah but, again, but then, but then like, there's been dead bodies everywhere like yeah, I, right. I, I said this to a friend of mine because like you know like you say about going to the there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't want to go there because of how many dead bodies have been there yeah think about how many people have lived on this planet since it since its creation yeah we're probably sat on dead bodies that are buried deep 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 down beneath us right now yeah there are people have died everywhere every you know think about how many people have lived here on on this planet since since its inception yeah that's right there's been there's probably been so many corpses all over the place absolutely like so just just the fact that we're in a building that just because you know we'd be we we're we're in a building designed to keep dead bodies yeah to me wouldn't mean nothing because it'd be like okay brilliant we're standing on a dead body right now yeah we'd be stunned the body if we stood there how there or there there. yeah exactly you know exactly yeah absolutely so 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 sink things out would mean would mean nothing to me Mm. but i can i guess i can understand why people would get creeped out yeah but when when you look at it like we're we're surrounded by dead bodies all the time anyway yeah like it's just it's just normal yeah like then it, it kind of allows you to separate it i think people view death you know again I've come across a lot of death in my time especially mm. as a soldier um, unfortunately so many people have so many different opinions on it, yeah. it? that's why it's such an interesting thing to talk about I think pe- the thing that people fear is that unknown they don't know what's going to happen and do people when people everyone's going to die why, okay? that, that, that's why yeah. we're, we're all going to die that's the one thing everyone can guarantee the moment they're born that's the one thing everybody on this planet has in common Yeah. and I think I think one of the things is people fear how it's going to happen the thing is we've all been dead Mm. We've all experienced death because we've all we been alive. not alive yeah. before for God knows how many billions of years yeah. that the universe has been around. It's what crazy. It, 14.5 billion years ago the Big Bang was or something yeah, like yeah. that. So we've all experienced not being here and then we get born X amount of years ago and it's only that small period of, it, it, uh, you know, of existence 
but then we fear what's going to happen. And I think it's yeah after, but we know what's going to happen after because we've we've been there where nothing mm. is nothing, you know, and so that's kind of I think that's my opinion on death and what but, is people fear how it's going to happen. Yeah, you know? but that kind of ties in with my theory about energy. Is is kind of like that thing that we were before was an energy mm. and then we're born through another human being and then our energy exists in this physical form yeah. and this physical form dies off and then we move our energy then moves on to the next thing yeah that's kind of how i think about it because it's kind of like well because i often think about like what's my earliest memory mm. and i and it's kind of like i don't really know mm. and, but then it's kind of like I, I but then i have memories of like i don't know whether this is just me being like a mental patient or what but like it's kind of <laughs> like like i have i have memories of like where it's like i I can't see anything, but mm. I can feel things. Okay. It's it's really strange. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not like I can feel things like a human body. Mm. Like it's kind of like, but it's kind of like it's so strange. It's like it's darkness, but I'm like aware. Yeah, I was gonna say it's an awareness. It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. really it's really strange. Yeah. So whether whether that's just like me holding on to a, a memory of when I was like maybe like a baby, and so mm. they're so babies aren't that aware, mm. but I can just remember being conscious. Yeah. Or whether that is like some kind of representation of me as an energy before. I don't know, because yeah. I don't know the science behind it. You know, you're a man yeah. of science, so, so to you, I probably just sound mental. But no, it's kind no, of, I, I can't get where things. From. It's interesting, because I, I don't remember too much about when I was really young. Um, and obviously, I'm a lot older than you. Yeah. So, I, I think my earliest memory was, I remember, I must have only been two or three, and I remember I had really bad earache. Right. And I remember that... Um, it's when my mum and dad were still together, so it, I couldn't... Oh, so this was... Yeah, like, this list was... Really young been, Yeah, it must have been only two or three. And I remember my dad... We Actually, we didn't live... At the time, we didn't live too far from here. It was actually in New Milton. And um, I remember my dad put me in the car to try and get me to settle because it was at night, and he drove me around, like, took me for a drive around to try and get me to settle. And I remember we got back and uh, I was really violently sick. <laughs> really? And that's that's my earliest memory. But other than that, I think my next memories were probably when I was at infant school. Right, yeah. Yeah, I kind of... Whether it's because I just that's just the way my brain's programmed or whether it was I went through the trauma of my parents splitting up and then getting divorced or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, maybe I just sort of blanked it out, but... Yeah, that's that's my one vivid memory of when I was younger, and I'd say the next yeah. one when I was actually in education, even if it was infant school, you know. So yeah, it's really strange because it's kind of like because obviously no, nobody really has any memories of when they're like a baby. No. So it's kind of like when do you become conscious to the point where you can remember stuff? Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, and why is that? Why don't we remember stuff when we were younger? Is it because things are more traumatic, or is it because our brains haven't developed enough? Yeah, to it's re- hold memory. I, I mean, because my youngest memory, aside from like me just being like in darkness and being aware, is me with my brother in the garden of our old house. Mm. Like I think we were playing, we were playing it or hide and seek or something, something along those lines. I was chasing him. Is my is is the memory I've got? Mm. But it's kind of like so. Is that the point where I became conscious, like, yeah. like conscious to the point where I can remember stuff? Yeah. Or was I that aware before and I just didn't remember it? Yeah. It's, it's really strange. It, it is strange because you think from, I don't know, the age of two or so, you actually do learn to start to talk and things like that. Yeah. So you must have the ability to remember Yeah, you remember things. words because you you start saying them. Yeah, exactly. So. But long-term memories of actual events is difficult to yeah. bring back. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know how old I was in this memory. It was at our old house. We moved to this house when I was, when I was like four or five. So I must have been in this memory. I was like three or four. Yeah. So, but so it was when I was really, really young, but yeah, it's just really strange. It's kind of like, at what point do you become conscious to the point where you can physically remember stuff at yeah. this point? Yeah. Really, really strange. It's so interesting. You, you, to need, talk to, about. you need to form a poll with your podcast listeners to see what they remember, see what they think. Yeah. Well, I'll do that. I'll put it on, I'll put it on Instagram. I, I, I need to build up 
I need to get more followers on Instagram, but I'll, I'll put up my main one as well. What is what is everyone's earliest, earliest memories, and you can all tell me. I'm sure curious to know. most people probably read it off, but I will, I will, I will post <laughs> it. But yeah, that's it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I think we'll call it there. Really, we've had a really. It's been really good. Mm. We're approaching the. I've enjoyed it. Hour forty three mark nearly. So, people, if if you're still listening, yeah. fair play to you. <laughs> if you haven't fallen asleep, yeah, fair play <laughs> to you. If you're still listening, I hope you all enjoyed. Andy, it's been amazing having you on. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you for having me on. I've really, really enjoyed. I've, it. I've really, really enjoyed it. You got to come on again sometime. Yeah, I'm, with pleasure. We'll see how the episode does. It should do really well. I've really enjoyed it. So, good. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. So. Be sure to share if you did enjoy the episode. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. I've I've tagged I've tagged your uh, Urban Exploring account. Yeah. So if you want to follow Andy and see what see what his explores and see some of the stuff he's been up to, you can follow him on there. Anything else you wanna? Anything else you wanna um, advertise while you're on here? I can't think of anything, but no, no. Just thanks again for having me on. I really enjoyed it. It's it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. All right, everyone, take care. All right, keep thinking. It's all a mental battle. Okay. All right, take care of yourselves, guys. See you on the next one.